Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Kelly Barnes sharing her speedy home birth at 37 weeks, an experience she describes as challenging, overwhelming, and rewarding all at the same time. We are grateful to hear her truth today. Hello, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Hi. Happy to be here. Welcome. Kelly, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? I um, am an occupational therapist and a yoga teacher, and I met my husband traveling on the job, occupational therapy in Florida, um, about eight years ago, and then we hit it off and decided to travel together. So we traveled to Texas, California, D.C., and a few other states, finally coming back to Charlotte, where I'm from. We got married, um, and he already has a daughter, so I'm a, um, that's my bonus uh, baby, and we talked about having another one, so then we um, it took us a while to get pregnant. I had a miscarriage at first, and um, we were literally, we were getting ready to start IUI, and I got pregnant, <laughs> so it was a blessing, <laughs> and um, so yeah, I think that's a good little background. <laughs> It is. I love the just traveling together piece. Like, I love that, that you just opened up, you both opened up to that together and just built something beautiful. A whole family. I just started. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I just started traveling. So either you can come with me or we can travel long distance. I don't know how that's going to work, but he decided to come. So, (laughs) and here we are. (laughs) Right. He said, I'm here for it. What's up? saying yes right (laughs) yeah just saying yes well tell us about your pregnancy um tell us yeah tell us about your pregnancy so my pregnancy was kind of uneventful like it was kind of like a textbook pregnancy I um I had a little bit of um nausea in the beginning but not a whole lot so like I felt really good like I said I'm um I'm a yoga teacher so I taught prenatal yoga all the way up and regular yoga until I was 37 weeks. I'm in a running club. I ran until I was 37 weeks. I meet with them every Tuesday. Shout out to Mad Mouse. (laughs) And um, I ran until I was um, 37 weeks and had a few food aversions um, here and there. Um, Lots of the cravings I did have. I'm not a big sweet person normally. But I wanted like all the sweets. <laughs> like my husband was stopping, and I was having dessert like at every meal. <laughs> and, I was, and um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I got some like towards the end. I would get some back pain and some pelvic pain. And she very early, she was kind of like around I don't know, 31, 32 weeks. She, my midwife, had already thought she was her head was low, and um, I could feel the pressure early. So that was a little annoying. And, um, oh, I did do, so I decided to do a home birth. Um, I did dual care though. Since it was my first baby, I wanted to get the ultrasounds and I wanted to make sure everything else was kind of on the up and up and heaven forbid, I did have to do a hospital transfer that I, um, had my information with the hospital. So, um, I had a midwife at a hospital here in Charlotte. And then my midwife came to the house starting like at, I think at eight weeks and then she came, it was monthly and then it was every two weeks and also had a doula. So 
you said that you were doing dual care, right? Just to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think for some of our um, listeners, we think like, oh, with home birth, you go directly to just a midwife at home. But there is this opportunity that if you want, you can actually stay with your OBGYN and your midwife. So can you talk a little bit about that? I like since I, I don't know anyone who had home birth personally before this. My my niece now niece has had one. Her baby was due in May, so they're two months apart. But before that, I never know anybody to have a home birth. But for some reason, I just always had a picture in my mind of me having a water at least having a water birth. And then so I'm like, it's my first one. Maybe I'll try a birth center. But to, like literally a couple of years ago, the birth center in Charlotte closed down, and the closest one is like almost two hours from me. And I'm like, do I really want to drive two hours when I'm in labor? And then I joined this um, home birth group on Facebook, which is very helpful. If you're thinking about one, I would join it because they answered lots of questions. And I answered, I asked the girls, the ladies in there, like what made them decide between a hospital birth and um, a home birth? Because I did end up meeting with um, my midwife at the, I I found a new midwife, um, a black midwife that was um, suggested and I really liked her and it seemed like they were going to let me do how I wanted to birth, labor, how I wanted to birth at the hospital. And then I got all these little things from the list, the, the people in the home birth group. They're like, well, just remember at the end of the day, it's still a hospital and they still may have interventions. And you know, like, if you don't want that, it's going to be hard. And once they start one and you know, it'll go, it might go into the other and like I had lots of people shared their stories, how they kind of felt the same way, but then it was different. And then a few people had positive things to say, but um, I just prayed about it. I did more research about like um, labor and I really just wanted to have a physiological labor and birth. And I felt like if I did go to the hospital, then maybe that wouldn't be the case. And so that's why I was like, well, I'm gonna move towards the midwife. Um, I mean, a home birth. So that was kind of hard too, because I'm, I'm technically, I'm in South Carolina but I'm like on the border and I was born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina and trying to find one in North Carolina is kind of, they're kind of underground because technically you're supposed to be under the um, direction of a doctor and a lot of them aren't. But luckily I was like, everything helped us for a reason because we had just moved to South Carolina. So te- so it was way more easier to find one in South Carolina. But um, and initially I was looking for a black um, one and a lot of people didn't have too many recommendations, but this one lady Everyone was recommending her, and then she. And um, now I wouldn't have done it differently. It was it was perfect. She was um, really great with the family, and so it was great. So I um, met with her. We had an interview. Like, let me interview her, ask her questions. Interviewed uh, um, another one too, but she, the one I picked seemed to fit a little bit better. And um, so I'd already started seeing my midwife in the hospital, and so around. And it turns out my at home midwife knew her too. So she was like, you can mention it to Alex. She'll be okay with it. Cause that's another thing too. Some, some, they say sometimes you can't even mention it to the one in the hospital. Cause sometimes they'll drop your care. I've heard these stories about that too. And I'm like, that's crazy. You would think they would welcome it. So, you know, they could help you along. So, but she was like, she told me I could t- tell Alex. And so I did. And she was like, she's, she was like, okay. She's like, just, I don't think I tell you, uh, don't text me when you're in labor. Cause then I'll be wondering at midnight, like, is she okay? It's like, what did everything go? Okay. And so, um, for the most part, it was pretty. So I have a one time in my life, one time I had high blood pressure. It was when I was, um, studying for the board and it's in my chart. 
And so they kept harping on that. And then like uh, my my mom has high blood pressure now too. And they just kept talking about hopefully you don't get preeclampsia and don't do this, don't get this, don't get that. And it was kind of like to the point where it's getting a little annoying because now y'all it's like I don't I don't haven't had any high blood pressure reading throughout my pregnancy. So why do y'all keep bringing it up? It's at the when I go to the appointments because I don't always see the same midwife you see other ones and so I towards the end I did have to refuse a few things they were wanting me to do like stress tests every week and I'm like but my at-home midwife was like but why everything looks good you don't have to do that if you don't want to and so um I was I I was happy that I like was in that home was in the um home birth group and then had read a lot and I listened to you guys birth story I listened to doing it at home and I listened to a lot of sto- like positive stories and a lot of people advocating for themselves. And I was just like, y'all, y'all going to make me have high blood pressure, like trying to worry me about stuff. <laughs> and so, and so like towards the end, like I skipped maybe, and then like, I was starting to see, um, her name is Damaris. I started to see Damaris, um, every two weeks. And so I would like, I would do like every other week. Like I would go to the one, um, at the hospital and, um see them but like in the day was like towards the end they're not doing much but taking your blood pressure how you doing okay see you later so it's like (laughs) i mean so and then she was doing the same thing but she was doing more she we would talk have more in-depth talks like how are you feeling what are you eating and you know and so i felt like those were much more um important and i was still seeing somebody so after like i felt much better about everything after i got like i had like two ultrasounds and um I did do one of the that the testing to find out about any genetic um, disorders, and so I felt pretty good about like kind of coming a little bit away from them and leaning more into my um, midwife and just embracing the home birth at that point. It's a great way to, especially in those early parts of the pregnancy, if that is an option that you want and an option that you can have, be able to cover all your bases, right? And I also mm-hmm. think as care providers, you can kind of see it too as like um, covering any gaps that you might be missing, especially in the like, hospital setting when your time during appointments is very limited. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know that, okay, yeah, you're going to someone else who can provide those extra minutes that I'm not able to. Um, right. So I just think it would be if we could get it across the board, a beautiful way if that was an option that people wanted or even, you know, this is me long-term thing for people who may be on the thrust of like being high risk. Like you have both elements to, mm-hmm. to cover. And I just feel like with this whole secrecy of like, I can't tell my care provider that I'm seeing my home birth midwife, we're missing a very beautiful opportunity to just make sure someone's getting holistic care. That's right. Really, that's really and then cool. another thing and I decided against home birth um, for it. I was a little scared to go to the hospital. I have a few friends who've had like some crazy births while the the doctor's not listening to them. And, you know, as being a black woman and having birth, you know, the maternal death rate is high. And so I was just kind of like, and that's another reason I kind of, kind of drew me away from it. Like, even though I had a black provider, who knows if if I would get her on that day. And so I was like, well, I just think it might be better in my home with people that I trust and it's COVID. So it's just like, <laughs> so I was happy that we ended up going that ride. My husband was supportive of it. 
It is a great opportunity to have that collaboration um, and to feel fully supported. And it's almost like you're literally being a consumer. Like you could have just chosen like, you know what? I do like this hospital and I'm going to stick with that. Right. Or, you know, and maybe my midwife can be on the back end of some more postpartum care. Right. Um, Right. You, you could have chosen any way you want it to go after you've started. And I think that sometimes in the prenatal process, we often start with a doctor or start with a midwife and people are like, you know what, this really doesn't fit anymore, but then you feel stuck or there's, you know, or you've got to go jump through hoops to switch providers and different things like that. That ability to do both at the same time and go with the thing that felt right for you and your family is a gift in and of itself. Um, And you mentioned an underground midwife, and I just wanted to kind of expand on that for our listeners. Um, That could be what's considered like a lay midwife is another term you might hear. You may hear community midwife. That may be someone who has gone through more of an apprenticeship um, in terms of their own education and being able to provide that service for for other people within their um, area versus like a nurse midwife or um, other direct entry midwives that may go through different midwifery programs so um just clearing that up so when people hear they're like what does that mean underground like (laughs) Mm -hmm. people can deliver babies and they don't always need paperwork from people to say that they can deliver babies and catch babies okay all right (laughs) Uh, because i mean it's ancestral work at the end of the day and mm-hmm. when your auntie your community auntie tells you that you were ready that's when you were ready <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> now kelly can you describe your birth experience for us let's get into it well it's kind of funny because um i feel like i was kind of in denial up until three minutes of contractions apart. <laughs> like So so I work that day. I work, I, I told you I'm an occupational therapist. Um, I work, I do teletherapy at home with kids who are um, homeschooled, but then I also work at a hospital here um, in Charlotte um, at a rehab center. And I'd worked a, a day there and they had joked at me like, um, they're like, we're going, um, are, are you taking maternity leave now? I'm like, oh no, I'm going to schedule for Saturday. I'll see you guys Saturday. And everybody's like, okay, see you. And I was like, after then, so, I've, like I said, I've read all these things. I have all these friends who've had babies. And for the most part, if they aren't high risk, or they, as long as they haven't come up with any complication, most of them have um, been pregnant until 42 weeks, like past the 44. So I'm like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm about to be here. I'm about to be chilling. This baby going to be, you know, it's going to be a while. And so I'm, I'm a contractor. And so I had to fund my own. That's another thing about maternity leave. Let's, another whole nother story but I had to fund my own maternity leave unfortunately I didn't get paid so I'm working a lot I'm working as many hours as I can teaching classes so I wanted to work since I was feeling good I'm like I might as well work as long as I'm feeling good but around that I had to work that Saturday and I told myself I was gonna chill Told my husband 38 weeks I'm gonna um, only take maybe work a half one or two half days that week but really get things done the rest of things done we had to get done because my midwife would give me a list of birth supplies which we had got most of it but not all of it and I didn't want to do some stuff to her room and literally I got paid that Friday morning I tell I told my friends like I paid that Friday morning um and I had all these things in my Amazon cart that night so I'm like as soon as I get paid I'm gonna buy the rest of the birth and supplies I'm gonna get this I'm gonna get that you know 
So anyway, I come home from working and around seven o'clock, go to the bathroom and there was like a little bit of blood in the toilet. I was like, hmm, what's this? Like, what's that? And I was like, kind of like heart beating fast. I was like, I text my husband. I was like, um, there's blood in the toilet. He's like, you got right. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and so like, I was like, and so I was like, yeah, I, I'm like, I am, but my anxiety, I'm like, I just hope it's nothing. And then so I text my doula and my midwife. And, um, and then of course with pregnancy stuff, I learned later you're supposed to take pictures of things, especially if it's your first time. And just they could tell you a little bit better. My doula was like, Well, did you take a picture of it? Do you know? Like, we don't know if it's your bloody show, if it's your mucus plug. I was like, No, I didn't. It was just happened so quick. And so she's like, Well, it could get, be getting started or or not. My my doula was like, I'm here though, um, if you need me. And my midwife was said the same thing, basically. She was like, Well, it could just be your cervix getting soft and getting ready for baby. Labor could start anywhere from 24 hours to a week. Who knows? Like, who knows? Because we didn't, didn't know what it was. So I was like, okay, that makes me feel better. I'm good. So I go about my night, um, about to eat. And then um, around 10 o'clock, I felt like a little trickle. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and, like, I haven't had any leaks through my pregnancy. And now I'm like, well, maybe I leaked. Maybe, maybe it is pee. Like, I'm just, like, not thinking about not really wanting to accept that it could be my water breaking. And then of course you hear about people, like a lot of people think that um, it's only like seeing the movies, it's the big pop and a big gush of water. But later I, I was like, oh, your water could also slowly trickle. And that that's basically what it was. And so I text um, them again and my doula was like, well, um, maybe get a pad and you can catch it and see if it's clear. If it's clear, it's your water. And um, so I had my husband get that. And then it kind of it stopped, like nothing else happened. So then I was like, hmm, I don't know. So we're night owls and um, we kind of go to bed around 12 or 1. And then plus with the baby, um, I wasn't sleeping a lot anyway. <laughs> but we probably um, went to bed around 12. And I didn't tell my husband, like around 11, I felt like a period cramp. And I was like, oh, snap, but it's not a contraction, <laughs> but it's something like it was like really light. And so um, I kind of like to be transparent, I had a like little breakdown and my husband like he did. I know my sister ended up telling me he told her my husband, like when he went to go get the pads, he called my sister was like, call your sister and check on her because she's upset. <laughs> and so he's like, I don't know what to say. It's like I was basically just having like a little moment because I'm just like. Um, I'm not ready. If this, if this is labor, I'm not, I, was, I felt like I wasn't like, I wasn't physically ready. Cause I didn't have all the things yet that she needed. And then mentally I'm like, not ready. Cause I'm like, I feel like I have, I had like five more weeks. I'm like, this can't happen. I'm talking to her. I'm talking to God. I'm like, okay, at least give me to Sunday. Like I can order the things Friday morning, Saturday. I can go to, I can go to like, uh, I wanted to go to Sam's club and get like all stock up on all these items. I wanted to get my birth team, like food. I was like, all these things I need to do. So I'm like, just give me a, a day or two. I'm like talking and bar- trying to bargain in. <laughs> like, just, just wait a minute. And I'm in this moment, I'm still like not accepting that I'm like in labor. Cause I'm like, I had two or three friends who were in prodromal labor and it happened for a couple of days. So I'm like, bless you, bless you. So I'm like, well, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm going to be in labor a couple of days and she not coming yet. So I'm just like holding on to that, <laughs> to, to that idea. And then around one o'clock, I 
I was, we went to bed around one, around one thirty-two. I woke up, period, like cramps again, but a little stronger. And I'm just like, okay. So then uh, around two thirty, I felt it again. I got got up, and every time I felt it, I would go up in the bathroom, close the door, and like breathe through it, and then come back out, lay back down. And I'm like, and so my midwife and doula both told me not to call them until contractions were, um, was it four one one, like four minutes apart for an hour for one minute? No, I know y'all know. I think it's what lasting for a minute, four minutes apart for at least an hour. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and so um, I didn't want to bother. It was late, early in the morning. I didn't want to bother anybody. I didn't want. And of course, it's my first time feeling it. So I'm like, is this it? They don't want to bother anybody. So I'm like, I'm just going to handle it by myself. And so my friends are like, you're crazy. <laughs> it's like, I've been calling like, hey, something's happening. <laughs> and so like, so around four, that's when it got real. Like around four, it started like hurting something serious. But I still was in the bathroom. And like, I was on the floor, like on hands and knees, like breathing through the contractions. And then at that point, I decided to time them. I'm like, let me start timing. I had literally just downloaded, like, uh, like right in the bathroom, I downloaded a contraction timer. And so I'm like, let me see. And so then they were like, first they were like 10 minutes apart. Then there would be six. Then they'd be four. But then they'd be eight. Then it'd be four. Then it'd be 10. So it kept going back and forth. So I'm like, I don't know if I should call. Should I not call? And so at six o'clock, and when I got, I got sick, I like threw up, um, I was getting nauseous. And then at six o'clock, I was like, I can't take it anymore. It's like the pain was getting rough. And I'm like, I don't want to have this baby on my floor. Let me go. Let me let, wake people up and start calling people. So then I go, my husband was kind of up because he could hear me because I was like doing low moans and stuff. So he was like kind of up already. And I told him, I went in the room. I'm like, so yeah, you're not going to work today. <laughs> I think the baby's coming. He was like, okay, let me go. I'm going to call in. And then I was like, um, I called uh, my doula and I had to give him the phone and I had a contraction. <laughs> and um, she was like, so what's going on? Like, um, how's she feeling? Do you think you need me? Um, and I told, I sent her a screen. She told me to send her the contraction thing. So I sent her a screenshot of it. And she's like, well, it doesn't look like, I don't know if you're in, if you need me yet, it doesn't look like it's um, consistent. Have you tried getting in the shower? Has he tried um, counter pressure? I was like, no, I haven't. I was like, I'll get in the shower. And so I got in the shower. Didn't really help at that point. Um, we've um, little relief, not much. And um, called her back, and my husband was on the phone this time. And then she um, she's like, well, I'm going to get dressed. Do you think you need me now? My husband was like, yeah, I think we need you. <laughs> like, please come. <laughs> And she's like, okay. And so she said she's coming and she lives like about 45 minutes away from me. Um, and so she, on her way here, she calls me back. She's like, well, maybe you should go ahead and call Damaris. Cause if they're that intense, she, she needs to be over there. And um, so I was like, okay. So I called my midwife. And so she said she was going to get, take a shower and she's going to come. So then my doula got here at about 7.45 AM. And um, at this point they are, um, consistent. They're like about four minutes apart. And um, so we get, I have a yoga ball and we get on that. That don't really help. 
I go in the bathroom. Um, my husband's running around because now we don't remember I didn't have all the supplies. So now he has to get all the rest of the supplies for, for this birth that's about to happen. And so uh, my midwife gets there at eight and um, I want to have a water birth. So she starts setting up the pool, but we don't have the hose was one of the things that's on the list to order. And so she's like, well, maybe I can call somebody to bring us one. Um and then my husband's like, well, I, maybe I can run to the store. I'm like, well, don't leave. So then my midwife calls uh, someone <laughs> who can bring one by. So um, a friend of hers brings the hose by. And then my husband is all around the house, like, collecting the towels and the blankets and bowls and all this stuff. So my doula was really like, thank God for her. Because, like, she had she was by my side helping me get through the contractions while he was trying to get all the other stuff ready. And then my mom, I had just put my postpartum cart together last night, the night before. <laughs> um, and my mom was supposed to come back by to finish helping um, me, like, move a few things around in the house. And she had, I texted her, like, at 5 o'clock. And I was like, so I'm having a few contractions. I think this could be it. And she did, she was asleep. Like, I wasn't in any, was no urgency for me. So no one was like, <laughs> like, even my, so... It was just like, my mom was like, so what's going on? Like around eight o'clock, she's like, I just woke up. Do I need to cut? Like what? And she didn't want to be there. I'll tell you that. She was like, I don't want to hear you uh, yelling and screaming and stuff. So we had talked about this before. And she was like, you can call me when the baby's here and I'll come over. And I was like, okay. But because everything was happening so crazy, she's like, do you want me to come over and like finish doing what I was doing? And I was like, yes. So she came over, she called my sister and, um, my sister, they both and both of them were not supposed to be here. Both ended up coming, <laughs> and so, but they stayed in the living room because my mom didn't want to hear anything. My sister was just they just wanted to help, so they stayed out here, um, in the kitchen and like cleaned up everything. And later on, my my, my husband was like, "Oh yeah, um, Mama was like, can you turn on some music?" So they turned on Alexa so that she couldn't hear me like going through my like moaning and stuff. So they jamming in here while I'm like losing my mind in the bedroom. <laughs> and so, um, and we were, and I thought like my ideal little burst, I thought I was going to have like, be able to put lights up and affirmations and we were going to be in the living room. And then my, my, um, my wife got, she's like, where do you want to put the pool? I was like, you can just put it in the corner. I don't care. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> and so like she's setting up the birthing pool in the corner of the bedroom. They're moving stuff. Like my husband, like they're like moving stuff that we have in the corner. My husband's going upstairs, putting it wherever. And they're filling up the uh, birthing pool. My midwife, um, I ate at around 8.15. She's like, do you want me to check you? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'd heard all these stories where people get checked and they're only like three, four centimeters and they get discouraged. I'm just like, I just didn't want to get discouraged because I'm like, as bad as this is feeling, if if I'm not progressing, I'm going to be pissed. Like, like, so finally, I'm just like, you know what? You can check me. And so when she checked me, I was seven centimeters. And I was like, oh, that's good. Okay, that's good. And then I'm like, that means we're, we're moving right along. And then so... Another thing I found out later was, um, so she asked to check me again, like 10 minutes later. And my doula told me that she pulled her aside in the in the corner and was like, I don't know. It almost felt like a butt. Like, I feel like I need to check her again and make sure that's the head. And so, and I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, that's great. Like, of course, they didn't let me know, though, because I probably been like, what? <laughs> and so, like, 
10 minutes later, she's like, do you mind if I check you? I just want to make sure everything's okay. Do you mind if I check you one more time and um, feel for the head? The head? I was like, sure. And within those 10 minutes, I was already had progressed to eight centimeters. Um, and she's like, I was hundred percent effaced. And so I was went back in the bathroom and I was laboring. I was basically laboring like in hands and knees. I was walking, I was on the toilet a lot. Um, and then I got nauseous again. And so, um, I threw up, I'd be like sitting on the toilet, breathing through a contraction and turn around, throw it up in the toilet, sit back up, turn around. It was, it was just like horrible. I was hot. I was like, Oh my God. Like, and so, and my, um, doula had like some essential oils and some like ginger. And so she did that and like waved it in my nose and that made me feel a little bit better. And they were trying to get me to eat. I was like, I wanted to eat, but I like couldn't eat. And they're like, kind of, they're like, well, what do you, what, what do you, you know, do you want some crackers? So I was trying to eat crackers and, I was definitely, they gave me the water. So I was drinking um, my water as much as I could. And then, um, so then they, they're getting the birth pool set up, but um, things is moving fast. And so my midwife was like, we got enough water in it. So that at least you can, you know, sit in it, but it's really hot. Let's get the cold water. Now. So then my husband's like trying to, cause you can only with the washing machine, you could, it was only one hose. So they only could do the hot water. And so um, they're trying to get cold water in, and my midwife is like, well, do you want us to just fill up your tub for now in case you don't make it? And I was like, yes. So they filled up my garden tub, and I got into that, and I was in there for about 10 or 20 minutes, and then I was like, I feel like I have the poops, and I get up and go in the toilet, <laughs> and um didn't poop, but I'm like, I feel like I have to push. Like, I feel like her head's there. And in, in between this, my midwife is listening with the Doppler, Doppler, listening to her heart. She's like, baby girl's doing good. She's like, she's fine. And you're doing fine. And so, and she was really kind of like hands off, which I love. Like she would listen and then she would kind of go in the bedroom and then it would just kind of just be me and my doula. And then my husband would come in here and there, hold my hand and then go do whatever he was doing. <laughs> or and um, And so then like, I, I was like, I feel like I, need, I have to push. And then so my midwife was like, yeah, I guess we're, we're, we're not going to make it to the birthing pool. So we get back into the tub and um, she feels me again. And she's like, yeah, you can. She's like, you're you're there. If you push, you can, you, you can push. You're going to push. And so I pushed one time. I think I, put, I pushed twice. And then her head was, her head was dead, like crowning. And then, um, I had made a joke because then the next contraction felt like it was taking forever. Like, I'm like, oh, so now you want to slow down, girl? Like, right when you're right there and like, <laughs> and I'm just like, where is the other contraction? Because I'm ready to push and get, get this out. And um, and then I even made a joke with them. I was like, oh my gosh, y'all, I'm sorry. I didn't have a chance to shave. I thought I had more time. And they're like, girl, we don't care. <laughs> and so like, finally, the next contraction comes. And um, I bear down and I push and she's out. She was out like, and I told you my midwife got here. My, my doula got there at 745. My midwife got there at eight and I had her at 930. And so it went super fast. <laughs> and then like, so she came, my husband, um, he was there from the last like 10 minutes and he helped catch her. My midwife like kind of got in his hands and he helped catch her and bring her to my chest and he cut the umbilical cord and the placenta came um, real easy, like um, about 
15 minutes later it came and then um he cut the cord they helped me out onto the bed and we did the golden hour she latched uh, my doula helped me help her latch and um they just left us alone for like an hour while they cleaned up um the bathroom and got stuff together and then after the hour um she asked me like that i want to you take a shower or if they wanted me to help them clean her up, clean me up. And I was like, I'll take a shower. And, um, like, okay, but if you do hot, don't do it quick. Cause you can be lightheaded. And I mean, do a quick one. Cause you can be lightheaded and whatnot, which I was a little bit. So I just did, I was really quickly did a quick little rinse off and my doula helped me out the shower, helped me get on like some, um, the, uh, fashionable panties <laughs> that you wear and, um, get back in bed and um, then my midwife started like aftercare with me and my husband talking about everything. And then my mom made me some food and my sister um, gave it to me. And then that was about, that was, she was, she was here. And I, I kind of was dozing in and out after that. Like after I was listening to the, my midwife and I was just like exhausted. Like, and then um, she's like, yeah, that's what we want your partner or somebody to hear the aftercare instructions because we know that you've been through a lot and whatnot. And, um, I, my husband did get to put on, um, I was in the mix of also creating a playlist of like, um, songs I wanted. We only had four songs on there, <laughs> but he found another, he is actually really good with music and he used to have an online radio show when he lived in New York. So he found a different playlist he had already had that was kind of like soothing. So we at least had the music going with Alexa, but everything else, like I thought it was going to be like, I thought I was going to have like affirmations hanging up and I had listened to like Christian, Christian hypnobirds. And I thought I was going to listen to some of the tracks. None of that happened. Like it was just like, we're having this baby and I'm breathing through it. And I, in the very beginning, I feel like I did really good up until transition. And then I kind of like, I was kind of screaming y'all like, and I was just like, "Mm." (laughs) I just, it was just whatever noises was coming out was coming out. And um, later, I, like, apologized to my doodle with I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm a yoga teacher. I imagine it being a lot more, like, calmer, which it it was pretty calm up until those last, like, 30 minutes. But they're like, no, you did fine. And they're like, it's probably one of the hardest thing you've ever done. I was like, the hardest thing. And so they made, they made me feel better. But um, so, yeah, it was just, like, it was crazy. And, like, I was FaceTiming friends with the – uh, showing the baby, and they're like, "Whose baby's that?" I was like, "It's mine." <laughs> they're like, "Kelly, no, the baby's not supposed to be here." I said, Ex- "You telling me? <laughs> like, she's here?" <laughs> so it was funny. It was like after the, I feel like after I feel was like it was just so surreal. Like, oh my god, like, wow. <laughs> like your famous last words for anybody that's like 37 weeks or beyond or a birth worker it's like i'll see you on saturday <laughs> like, no you won't right <laughs> you think oh, you I, will, text him you and I text a picture i text him a picture of her and like um i'm not coming anywhere <laughs> <laughs> lies i told lies <laughs> so lies and it's so funny because my friends are like and you, I teach people this to go with the flow. You never know. And here I am, like denying everything. Like she's not coming yet. <laughs> no, but 
I love the interaction with your moms and sisters, though. Like all the trash talking. I don't want to be there. I'm not gonna do this, and I'm not gonna do that. Like, and here they are. You want me to come over? Right. I'm on my way. I'm down the street. I'm already in your driveway. Like, you right, exactly. And we're here. And we're here. I'm gonna hold my boundary because I said I'm not going in there, but we're right, we're exactly. Yes, yes. I appreciate them for telling you in advance what their boundary was, but right. they still were like, "We can make it work, right?" Let's turn and my that music up. So she was, she was already nervous. She's like, "Are you sure? What's wrong with the hospital birth? Are you?" But, but her, my, my um, nephew's wife had the home birth, so she got initiated in it like just a month or two before and I was really happy for her so I'm like I'm glad it went she did it it went well so now everybody's like okay we're not that crazy because you know it could happen <laughs> so but she still was like mm, I don't know <laughs> but it was great having them it was great having them at least at the house yeah for sure I mean yes especially when when birth can happen so quickly and that way when there's not this um the ability to settle into it the way that you want having those extra hands having that extra support like you said like it was great your doula was able to support you as your husband was gathering last minute things um Mm -hmm. being able to you know even if they they weren't there you knew that their presence even though they weren't in the room your mom and your sister's presence like you knew that 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 was there you could feel that so all of that could Mm -hmm. be really really supportive um I always laugh though about uh, water births, right? Um, especially home births. We have this this image, and it does happen for people. And I'm so happy for all of those people who get these beautiful water births. <laughs> Setting up the water, the, the freaking tub, is the worst adventure ever <laughs> it sounds like it sounded like it like i could hear them talking about it and it was taking forever and i'm just like well bathtub baby <laughs> listen if you are able set up your pool a week in it weeks so you have practice you know what your equipment you need you know what could go wrong because setting up a birth tub it is like it's mayhem they should, they should mm-hmm. write that on the box. This is mayhem. <laughs> practice months in advance. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes, tub birth, that worked out beautifully. So I did. You still got your water birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. And then I, now I'll never look at that tub the same. <laughs> uh, um, so what has, like, we believe postpartum is forever so how was early postpartum for you and then how is it now so i think the biggest challenge i had was breastfeeding and postpartum um i feel like i was pretty so one thing that me and uh, one of my colleagues have done um we were kind of combining ot and yoga and we are doing like prenatal wellness series because we both felt like um, people don't get prepared enough for pregnancy and postpartum, a lot postpartum. And even though I had never been through it, I just hear a lot of, like, I, I, I'm 35. I have a lot of friends now. We're in this age. We're, I guess, late bloomers. Everybody's having their baby. And people are like, I wish I would have known this. I wish I would have known that. And so I knew a lot of stuff, 
because of that, because of them, but it was still stuff that I still was like, ain't nobody talking to say this. Like, breastfeeding was F plus was hard. Like, I was like, what the heck? Like, this is this is crazy. <laughs> and it's like uh, something she doesn't want this. It's like it is. <laughs> it's like its own entity on top of you just pushed a human out of you or got haven't gotten cut, you've had a C-section, and you're going through all this mental and emotional. And so, like, I didn't really feel, I felt, I had moments during that that I felt, like, um, sad and, like, not want, like, am I doing it right or am I going to be able to do this? And then, like, like I, I said, I had a, um, we had, um, we're searching for, <laughs> I was supposed to have two, three interviews for pediatricians the following week. But then she was here. And so we ended up, um, they really wanted us to bring her in like within a week that, 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 on Friday. And so we were trying to get a certain one, but she was busy. So we had to see another one. And then so she, we went in, she, of course they lose weight. There's, they, it's common for them to lose weight, but they say gain it back within two weeks. It only been one week. And she was like, well, you just, you can do formula and switch the formula and, if you want to try best breathing, you you can. And just wasn't very supportive and didn't really even offer any other suggestions before saying formula. So, um, but then talking to my midwife and my doula, they're like, no, you can. Um, they had uh, suggested a lactation specialist and they're like, you can try to hand express. You can try to give it to her like in a um, syringe. And they're giving me different things we can try to do. So anyway, like one night we're having trouble latching and I'm like, crying so I'm like well do we should I switch the formula or am I doing this right and, da, 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 da. and so I had like a moment like that where I had a really bit like an unusual painful letdown I, I felt it pain in my shoulder blades and like um it felt like a nerve pain and whatever side she was uh nursing on that's where I would feel it and it would last for like five minutes and then also I had a fast letdown and so then that would mess up her latch and then um we were, you know, first time we both were doing it and I had to really, um, like my doula really helped me and some of my support group, um, some friends were like, you know, this is the first time you've done this first time she's doing it, give yourself grace. And so they really did help me get past, um, that. I feel like that was probably my biggest challenge was trying to, cause, and it was funny. Like I never really, I know I wanted to try to breastfeed. I never had no, a timeline on it. And it wasn't like, oh, my God, I have to. But then once I tried it, I wanted to finish and I wanted to, like, do it. So once I so it was like I felt like it was like an overwhelming, like, urge to be successful doing it. And so um, it took us about a month and then we we got it now. And so so, like I said, that was a big challenge. Um, physically. um that was a lot. I don't think people talked about that either, like how you're going to feel um, after. But um, again, I kind of had um, an idea, but actually going through it is just totally different. <laughs> and so my husband was very supportive and very good. My midwife, she made sure he was in the room when um, she was like five days in bed, five days um, on the bed, five days near the bed. And um, she was like, you know, she could come out and maybe have dinner on the couch. And we were, yes, we were so lucky. I'm lucky that um, 
I had him and I don't have any other kids right now to run after. And so, and I kept, and I'm a busybody too. Like I want to do stuff and be up and I'm already thinking about like different exercises I can do in bed, but I kept, I, I read someone who said they were like, remember, um, what are you doing? <laughs> she's just like, <laughs> she's just making all these noises. <laughs> Um, I read someone had said, um, you'll never be in this position again. So it's like, enjoy it. So I'll never have my first baby again. I'll never like be able to experience this again. Next time I get pregnant, I have to deal with, um, I've heard to deal with, it'll be a little bit more stressful, <laughs> won't be able to be as relaxed. <laughs> and so I, I was like, I'm going to really enjoy it. Well, not really enjoy it because, you know, but, you know, um, but I'm just going to embrace it and really get my rest and not try to push it and um, do what I'm told, basically, because normally I don't. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was nice. Like my husband, um, actually, what we're about to be three months postpartum and I've only cooked like one meal. I just cooked my first meal like the other day. He really loves cooking and in the kitchen. So probably when I was about like 35 weeks, he kind of took the cooking over and he just has... um kept on it so that was really a really big help just having to do that but it was like really just um coming to grips of how it would feel and like the recovery and like well this is normal and you're you you said you know you said it took us about a month to get into a rhythm with your nursing and Mm -hmm. I like to remind people like it takes a week for your milk typically to come in You're still healing from whatever your birth looked like. You're transitioning with a whole human, joining your family and whatever dynamic that looks like. And this new human has never had food on the outside. (laughs) A month sounds in the typical range of finding your rhythm. And even if it takes longer, it can take longer, but it sounds like a beautiful range and finding your rhythm. Um, and you're right. Like we don't hear enough um, about what feeding our babies can be like, can look like. Um, mm-hmm. We are told like, oh yes, we breastfeed or body feed, but without the context of making that work, <laughs> or mm-hmm. and that we don't have as as much support as we should in making that work. Right. Um, you know, and no one says that. Like you said, like it could take some time. You just think like, oh. You know, like the baby comes out, they're gonna just latch on, and everything's gonna be all gravy. <laughs> it's like, and some people it is pretty easy, yes. but yes. you know, I feel like you don't hear about the other people who and other things that all the stuff that could go wrong <laughs> too, and all the challenges and stuff. <laughs> the other ninety percent, <laughs> the other ninety percent, who is working through finding a rhythm. Uh, because even, you know, there's some like babies will latch on beautifully that first hour and then things shift. And that's what, what happened. So, so I was like, what's going on? We were good the other week. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I don't um, think people yes. realize how much like stress goes into just feeding your baby. And like, you know. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The stress in making sure that your baby is nourished, right? Because it's beautiful that we have different options um, to help with that. But 
when you have when you are coming from the standpoint of like this is something that I want to do to nourish my baby and I want to make that happen and I know I have the tools to do that and something's not working it can it's all consuming mm-hmm. um it's just all consuming especially in a very vulnerable and um tender time um it can just feel really heavy mm-hmm. um and then, you know, that's like, well, stress can sometimes affect your milk supply. And I'm like, well, I'm stressed. Right. I'm trying to feed the baby. Like, what? <laughs> this ain't lining up what you're saying to me. A cycle is <laughs> like, okay. Uh... <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, but yes, so happy that you have found your rhythm and, and things are going well. Um, and... I I also like want to reflect on too like care providers being mindful about the information that they give too when families have decided how they want to feed their babies. Mm-hmm. Um, we always say we wish I wish that all pediatrician offices, dental office, any office that is supporting children had a lactation specialist in their office so that accurate information can be passed on mm-hmm. to families who. Um, are choosing to feed their babies in any ways because there is just depending on who did what this this spectrum of the information and not always the right information or the most supportive. Um, so, yeah. Also, that food is just a like feeding in general. It's a basic need, right? Um, not only for you, especially postpartum, but then for the baby as well. And it's you know it's the key to everything for them, like to nurse or to be fed by a bottle in whatever it is, whoever's providing that is who they begin to trust. And so there is a lot of stress in that um, by itself. This is the most basic need. <laughs> like, and it, it helps right. build well, that three relationship. Things, and that's the one of the things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you did it. You yes. did that. <laughs> doing that (laughs) is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners whether it be resources or anything you learned from your own birth or advice well of course like you guys said um the baby's gonna come baby's gonna come (laughs) and it's like the, the funny thing is i think i um pretty much knew that towards the back end, like how, you know, when women get 40, 41 weeks and they're trying to do stuff to um, make the baby come. And I always thought like, I wouldn't do that. Like, I'm just not, like, I'm not gonna do castor oil unless it's like, you know, you really have to, like, I know good with like, with home births, there's a certain week that they're like, okay, they don't want you to go past. But I was like, I'm gonna let the baby come whenever the baby comes as opposed to like me getting late in my pregnancy. And it's like, I didn't even really think about the other um, side where the baby could come early, <laughs> but I would basically just say to go with the flow, which I feel like once I was in the moment, I kind of did, I had to, <laughs> like I had no choice, <laughs> but um, I would say, yeah, go with the flow and just let your body, um, your body's gonna knows what to do, knows how to get the baby out, and I wouldn't worry. And with the contractions, my big affirmation was like, "I can do anything for a minute," so that helped. Like, 
Um, Cause some moments you'll be like, I don't know. Like when I felt like I couldn't do it, I'm like, it was time to push. <laughs> so it was, that was perfect. Cause I was like, it, it was, I was told, I think I said that too. I was like, can I push now? Like, cause this is crazy. <laughs> and they're like, yes, you can. <laughs> and so like, normally that when you feel like you want to give up is it's normally the time when you have to push, but, but yeah, I would look, I would do your research and look into all the things that, um, could happen or also like with your care providers like y'all mentioned like you don't like and it's never too late to switch if a provider is not um y'all not aligning and you don't feel like they're listening to you you can switch and so I think that's really big as women and like you said consumers that we are uh, we make informed choices and I've learned a lot about that through uh, through this way and how I'm going to be handling her care as well to really just learn about these things that they're telling you you need to do some of these things you don't have to do. And um, a lot of things is like, they've been doing them for so long to everybody, but everybody doesn't need that shot or everybody doesn't need that test. So it's like, I would just really do your uh, homework and be, um, be informed. And one of the, one of the books I had to read it during my prenatal yoga teacher training, mindful birthing. I really like that book. Um, and like the podcast, like, like you guys' podcast, listen, I listened to doing it at home. I, I really like doing it at home, but then I really wanted to um, hear some more black and brown stories. And so I came across you guys. I think uh, Natal Stories, the Homecoming podcast, I listened to as well. I listened to, I listened to a lot of books and I read a lot of books. Like I have audio. So like on the way to work, I will listen to books or listen to the podcast and um, positive thing. That's not a suggestion. Don't listen to negative stories. Like, I mean, if you want to, but you don't want your your ears to be like garbage cans and to hear like, you know, like I I would want to focus on like the positive stories, stuff like that will, especially if you're scared because labor is can be scary. So you want to focus on the good things and the stuff that you can control, which is like your breathing and um, different ways to get your, yourself relaxed so that you can have a a smooth labor. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) It was wonderful hearing your story um, and sharing space with you. So thank you so much. Thank you for allowing that. I'm happy I got to, um, like I said, it really helped me to hear people's stories. So I was excited to share mine. (laughs) Yes. There is power in sharing and listening, right? (laughs) Right. Yes. Yes. Yes, and shout out to all our other Black-focused podcasts out there. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 